Welcome to this episode of the UK Sports Chat podcast. I'm Joe Williams and today I am speaking with Gary McKee. Gary is currently running 110 marathons in 110 days for Macmillan and West Cumbria Hospice at Home. This isn't the first big challenge I learned whilst interviewing Gary that he has partaken. Um, He's a serial fundraiser taking on some amazing challenges. I particularly enjoyed hearing about how his community all uh, come together on his challenges during this interview. I hope you do too. Enjoy any comments, please uh, send them through to us on our social media channels. And also look out for another podcast tomorrow. It's a double podcast week with Super Sam Holness. Enjoy. Hi, Gary. Welcome. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Joe. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm fine. Um, after the day's run, I've done a little bit of recovery and I've planned to date, so yeah, I'm fine. Good. So we're on day 32, aren't we? Tell us, tell us about this challenge that you're doing at the moment. So the challenge is to run 110 marathons in 110 days, and that started on the 1st of February, and it'll finish on the 21st of May. Um, 110 being Macmillan were formed 110 years ago um, to celebrate the 100th I ran from Land's End to Joint Roads. And I just thought that with COVID restrictions, I was going to plan to do it again, but with COVID restrictions, it wasn't possible. Yeah. So I decided I would run 110 marathons in 110 days. But I would also bring in a local charity, West Cumbria Hospice at Home, uh, mainly because like most charities, the shops are closed. They're not generating a regular income. Um, a lot of the charities have had to lay people off. You know, they're on the bare bones of the bums. And I just thought that I would help out and try and raise some funds for them at the same time as Macmillan. Great. Okay. So, so you did. So that was for the centenary year. You did a hundred marathons in a hundred days for Macmillan. No, not in the centenary. I actually ran from Land's End to John O'Groats. Oh. I Okay, cool. So she did lands into John O'Groats, and you've done 100 marathons in 100 days as well, haven't you? I did. I did 100 marathons in 100 days uh, four years ago. And the reason behind that yeah. was my fundraising started when my dad passed away in 2003. He'd had a cancer diagnosis in 1997. Okay. And I just remember as a family how we all felt when we heard one word sort of turned our world upside down. Cancer is a horrible word. Um, and I just wanted, when he when he passed away, he passed away seven years later. My dad was a cancer survivor, but he passed away of an unrelated illness. And I wanted to do something in his memory. And I remember back till the 23rd of June, 1997, when we were told that horrible news. Yeah. And I became a fundraiser for Macmillan, knowing that the work that I would do and the money that I would raise would help other people who would find themselves in the unfortunate position that we found ourselves in. Yeah. I believe that Macmillan, we say charity begins at home, and I think Macmillan going to more homes than, than any other charity in cancer support. Yeah, yeah, they're, they are. They're a fantastic charity. And like you said, those charities do need our support at the moment. Wow, so you've done, you've done Lands into John O'Groach, you've done 100 and 100, and now you're doing 110 in 110 because it's Macmillan's 110th year. It is. The 100 came about, I think, 
quite uh, finished that. The 100 kilo goal because my dad would have been 80 and it was 20 years since his diagnosis. So 80 and 20, simple maths, 100. We'll yes. 100. That, that's how that came about. Um, but yeah, I've ran Man's and Johnny Groats. I've ran 100 in 100 days. I ran to London from my home to take part in the London Marathon the first time I'd done it. Yeah. Which was around about 50 miles a day for a week and then do the drop around London. So yeah, I've done a, a little bit of running. So where 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 do you live? I live in Cumbria, up in um, Gold's Country, the Lake District. Oh, beautiful! Um, just on the coast. Well, I actually live three miles from the coast and three miles from the mountains, so it's an absolute beautiful part of the world. Amazing, yeah, brilliant. But you, so you ran to London to do the marathon from Cumbria. I did. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> it, took me, it took me a week. We had to drive down and see which roads I could actually run on. Most of it was on the A6. We had to plot where I would be stopping, how far each day we would be running to take us into the into London, and then I rocked up on the Sunday for the marathon. Wow! He's <laughs> <laughs> not messing about, are you? Wow! I, I I was going to ask you. I think I already understand from what you've said, though. Is why? Where does your drive come from to keep doing such big challenges? I think it comes from. I can take myself back to. Um, to the 23rd of June 1997 yeah. when I came home from work and all my family was sitting outside and apart from my dad and I knew that something was wrong and I can't remember I got out of the car and I came down the path and my mum was sitting outside and my sisters and I said what's wrong I still to this day don't know what to say but I went in the house and my dad was sitting there and he had tears in his eyes my dad wasn't the sort of person that he would ever say uh, crying or anything and I said what's wrong and he, he said those words you know I've got cancer and I think I, could, I sort of, in my mind, I think I bottled that feeling. And you'd always, whenever I take on a challenge, I, I think back to, you know, how I felt. And I know that that's going to be replicated by people yeah. who are going to get told that news. And it's horrible, horrible news. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always turn out bad. And my dad's cancer didn't turn out bad. He died of a, he actually had a heart attack. He lived a, another six or seven years yeah. after his diagnosis. And he, he, he lived a fulfilling life. He rolled his legs up. He seen life differently. He got on with it. He thought he'd been given a second chance. But I just, it takes me back. Whenever I focus on what I want to do, and I think about that day, that, that's what starts me. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's, you, your dad sounds like he was a resilient person. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was just a typical family man, you know. Yeah. He, he liked to paint. He liked play, He went to the local legion and he played dominoes and he liked the way he sing song and he was a happy, happy fella. He wouldn't hear anybody say a bad word about me, Dad. Everybody thought the world of him, you know. And, and when he when he died, it was a massive shock to our community, to everybody, because he was he went to church every week. He was a he was a pillar of the society, really. You know, he was always helping people and yeah, and doing things. He he would do his own fundraisers that would allow people to go to Lewis who were poorly. You know, he, he just he was just a, a really really nice person. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're carrying it on for him as well. So, so today is day thirty-two, isn't it? Yeah, we're on day thirty-two today. Yeah. So, how are you feeling? Thirty-two marathons in. <laughs> um, remarkably well. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, I ran uh, the pace that I'm doing isn't anything really exciting. I'm doing all my marathons in under four hours, but that's without stretching things. Um. What you've got to consider is today's run is for tomorrow. You know, you've got to understand that the harder you go today, the harder it'll be tomorrow. 
Yeah. So we don't go too hard. If I see somebody when we're, we're running, I run on a local cycle path, which is just outside my house. Yeah. Um, up and down it brings me back to my house. We see people every day, the smiles on people's faces, we see kids out on bikes with their families, everybody's clapping me, saying, come on, marathon man. And, you know, it's a really, really good buzz, a good feeling. Yeah. And it's, it's nice when you know that you're inspiring other people. There's been a, a Facebook page set up globally, and in the first week there was 500 people joined up to it, just simply because they see me doing what I'm doing, and they want to be a part of it. They do their own walks, they share recipes, you know, they all help each other. It's a, a lovely page where people are going on and putting their walks on, putting photographs on and themselves, the families, and, and it, it, it's really good. Yeah, it's that's brilliant. A um, community come together like that. Really good. It is. Yeah, really good. And your words then, today's run is for tomorrow. That is yeah. so relevant for all runners, and it's a lesson that um, – a lot of runners learn when they go out just flat out all the time and that's that's not necessarily yeah. the best way to prepare yourself when you when you're training you need to run some slow miles and i know that that's that's clearly a strategy for you in this but that's something that runners really need to hear that as well don't they uh, well i certainly think so mm. i mean you can only go hard at it for a certain length of time before you start getting twinges and getting little injuries here and there and a little injury turns into a bigger injury mm. and you can't sustain just going hammer and tongs all the time you've got to have slow runs you do tempo stuff and i understand all that yeah. for me what i'm doing 26.2 mile every single day for 110 days it doesn't need to be fast it's just got to be completed yeah i'm off my pace I, I, it, it pickens it does pick up because simply because you lose weight now regardless of how many calories i put in I'm going to burn weight off. Yes. Um, and I'm doing 185 mile a week. So there is going to be weight comes off. And as the weight comes off, your pace picks up. You yes. try and control that by just slowing things down. But you tend to find that when you're running with somebody, or even when you're in a, a world of your own, and you're focusing on what's ahead of you, you do, you get into happy road, happy mode, routine, and away you go. And before long, you, you realise, oh, no, I've got to slow down here. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So are you, are you being careful with your diet then or not? Or are you trying to pile the calories in? Well, I mean, a friend of mine um, owns uh, a healthy food eating establishment and he's doing all my food for me for the 110 days. So I get food deliveries um, twice a week. That's great. food prepped and everything. So all I have to do is come in, take it out of the fridge and put it in the microwave and it's sorted <laughs> for me. So great. it's absolutely fantastic. I explained it, I don't know if you know this part, but my children, while I'm doing 110 days, I've got three children, and they're all doing 110 days too. So my son who's 16 is doing 26.2 mile on the exercise bike. The other son who's 13, he's jumping on the treadmill and either doing three mile on the treadmill or six mile on the bike. And my eight-year-old daughter, she's jumping either a mile on the treadmill or three mile or six mile on the bike. So every single day, all four of us are doing something. And I explained to them at the beginning, that 110 days was 16 weeks. Yeah. So I said, if you think that you cut a family pizza into 16 pieces each week, we eat a slice of pizza. And I said, some weeks, the toppings won't be to your flavour. And that simply meant you'll have schoolwork, you won't be bothered wanting to do things. And you've got to eat that slice before you can move on to the next slice. 
So I told my nephew this who worked as a pizza delivery guy who told the boss who said, I'll send them guys pizzas every week. <laughs> so every week I get my food delivered from my mate who owns a health shop and I get pizzas delivered on Sunday nights to replenish. Wow. <laughs> what, the slice that we've eaten. <laughs> What's the, that's that's amazing that your kids are doing that with you. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. My, I, I, so my kids are sixteen, fourteen, and eight. So really similar to yours, um, yeah, yeah. two lads. But my my daughter's fourteen, and I've I've actually really struggled with keeping her exercising with other than walking throughout lockdown. So that's um, you know, it's it's that age. I think that secondary school age. That, that's amazing that they've they've committed like that with you as well. But they've seen me fundraise all of their lives, and they think that that's what they do. They've been fundraising themselves since Robbo as the middle one, since five year old, Alfie was seven. They've done fundraising activities. Bo, um in 2018, a pair of them started one January. For Bo, it lasted 501 days. He ran a minimum of three miles, 501 days. He raised 35,000 pounds. He won a young the Pride of Sport Award down in London, similar to the Pride of Britain Awards. Yeah. He won numerous awards locally. He just absolutely nailed it. And he, he understands, we talked about what does commitment mean? Mm-hmm. What does completion mean? We talked about lots and lots of different things. 501 days he ran for so to run To do what he's doing now for 110 to support his dad, it's a piece of cake to, him, to be honest. <laughs> What an inspiring family! It's incredible, really, really incredible. Uh, so, so if you, it, there's a second charity as well in now, and we're we're big, you know, we're big fans of McMillan. Um, yeah, we really are. But I, I noticed also on your just giving, there's another charity which we should mention as well, yeah. isn't it? You're fundraising for. Yeah, so it's West Cumbria Hospice at Home. Yeah. Um, who look after people at end of care life? So it isn't just cancer; it's yeah. people with dementia and all sorts of other um, life rendering um, issues yeah and they, they are a local charity yeah uh, but they they've got hospice nurses that do overnight care for people so they'll go into the home and we'll stay and it gives a bit of respite to the families you know looking after loved ones can be really really difficult um so i wanted to raise the awareness of the charity but also raise some money for them because of what COVID has done to charities so that's the reason behind um i remember the, the day that i went into the offices to make them and it was like they'd run the jackpot without actually putting any money in the machine they were so pleased that i was going to do what i was doing and they know fine well that you know when you run 110 days i know it's going to be difficult but what's more difficult than facing cancer or what's more difficult than you know having a with dementia and, and things like that, Alzheimer's. My mum had Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and I watched her deteriorate mm-hmm. and it isn't a nice thing to do. So these people are there helping out and it's absolutely crucial and it's part of our community and, it, and they're fantastic, I believe. Good, yeah. Good. Actually, yeah, that's two brilliant charities to be fundraising for. So if, if you, have you always been sporty, Gary, or is this something you've took up as an adult, or you know, did you play a lot of sport at school? You always ran. No, I haven't always ran. I've always been able to run. But yeah. I, I was, I'm formerly a rugby player. Okay. Local, I played for the local rugby team, uh, Wathbury Hornets, which is a fantastic setup. Um, and, and after that, uh, I only got actually into running 
Um, I'd, I'd done a few half marathons and I, did, I wasn't quite happy with my time, but I went back and I trained a little bit harder and did a little bit better. But I'm, I've always been a person who watches the rugby, likes the pain that goes after it. I don't living in the Lake District, you can't not uh, go up on the fells. You know, yeah. it's, it's what we do, it's where we live. It's, it's on our doorstep. So I always like to go up and, and, and with a group of the lads, we go for a, a walk an overnight job it always finishes with a pub and a pint and sandwich and chips and the crack and it's it's fantastic we live in the nicest place in the world so it's easy to it's a, a playground that is fantastic to, to grow up in and you talk, tend not to really appreciate that till you get a little bit older and there's a, we do have a walking club obviously at the moment with covid that it doesn't no longer go ahead but we try to get out four times a year through the seasons all four different seasons because the mountains are totally different yeah. throughout the seasons. But the crack's always the same, you know, when you finish at a pub and we've ordered sandwich and chips and we're all having a beer and everybody's, you look round and everybody's smiling and they're happy. So I, I've always had that element in me. Yeah. Uh, I played sport at yeah. school and after school, but running, I've never been in a running club at all in my life. And I've, the only competitive running I've ever done is against myself, you know, when you do the London Marathon, you just want to give a good time. Yeah. But I'm not bothered about beating Joe Bloggs or anybody. I just want to, I'm always in competition with myself to try and get the best out of myself as opposed to beating somebody to get a medal. You know, to me, it isn't about medals, it isn't about awards or achievements. I think my life's centred around trying to help other people. Yeah. Brilliant. So, I, how have you... Um... <laughs> Set your day up. Yeah. What, what does it, what does a typical day look like then? Are you, you, when when are you running and and what do you do post run as well? I'm intrigued as to how you, what you do for your recovery. Yeah. So a typical day and there's two typical days because um, one day I'll be at work, uh, another day I won't be. So a typical day would be uh, I get up at six o'clock. Yeah. Um, I come downstairs. I give my legs a little rope. I've got a, a machine that I'll put on my legs. And I've done that before I go to bed at night as well. So I'll give my legs a little rub, yeah. um, walk about. When you get out of bed, you, you can feel there is a little bit of uh, tension in your legs, a little bit stiff. Come downstairs, you, you wish you had a stand a lift, but you haven't, so you come downstairs <laughs> like uh, Pinocchio. And, and once, in five minutes, your legs are right, you're ready to go. But I give them a little rub, and I put, uh, I get changed, I put compression, I always run in compression tights okay. and compression socks. Yeah. Keep everything tight, nice and tight and together. I then do um, a video blog for my Facebook post and for Twitter. Yeah. I post out every day. Somebody else manages my Facebook, uh, my Twitter page, so I send them the video. Yeah. And then I'll put a couple of slices, I have a cup of coffee, a couple of slices of toast with jam on, um, make sure my hydration bottles are all sorted out. Uh, do a little bit of stretching, but not a lot. I've never been a keen thing for stretching. Um, yeah, and then somebody will come. I have a runner with me every day, one runner. Yeah, and um, and they'll come and and I have somebody who takes photographs uh, before we start and yeah, uh, take them outside the house and they'll they'll go to different locations locally and they'll take a few photographs that then get uploaded to um, the, the relevant social media platforms. So then we do. I have two vest sponsors a day, so yep. I wear a, a Macmillan vest or a hospice at home vest, and on the vest is a card that's been printed up with who the 
sponsor is. Now, the sponsor can be anybody. It can be from the local pool bar hairdressers to the garage, the butchers. Or a lot of the vests that I've worn this time have been in memory of somebody. Yeah. So I'd have two in there. Um, that's 220 vests, and they sold out within three weeks. When I said I wanted vest sponsors, it was 220 people approached me within three weeks, and they'd gone at £100 each, so that's £22,000 raised in no time. You know, it's absolutely fantastic the support that I've had. So we'll go out, we'll do around about 13 mile, which takes us in a loop. Yes. Around about two and a half mile down, turn around, come back up, another two and a half mile. It, it gets me around about 13 mile, brings me back home, I swap my vests, so the second sponsor comes on, yeah. then we'll go back out and do the, the back half. Um, I carry food with me as we're running, I'll have um, a, a snack. Yeah. If we see people, we'll stop to talk. It isn't about times, it's about completion. Yeah. Uh, and and generally, on weekends, when there's quite a few people out, you know, you, you, there's lots of people with big, massive smiles on their face, but you know, you're trying to encourage you, they're clapping you up the, up the cycle path where I run. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and then I'll come home, I finish my day, I come home, I have something to eat straight away. The wife will have the bath sorted out for me, or if my wife's at work, I'll run a bath, put some Epsom salts in, and I'll sit in the bath for half an hour. Yeah. That would be a normal day. If I'm going to work, yeah. I'll have to I'll set off earlier, and then I'll do what I've just done there, but I'll get changed, and then I'll go to work, and I work the afternoon shift, so it's from 2 till 10. So I'll go down to, I work at Sellafield, yeah. uh, go to Sellafield, do my job, and then come home and try and hydrate throughout the day. Yeah. Um, depending on the weather conditions. If it's a lot hotter, uh, I know we haven't had a great deal of heat at this moment in time, but I'll take a couple of salt tablets just to try and replenish yeah. the, the lost salts and, and stuff like that. But that's typically the day you're managing your social media. As you get towards the end, it's more people want a, a little piece of it. You know, I remember last time I was going into schools and doing all sorts of things, but yeah. It, yeah. it does take up your day. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it. I bet it does. Who's who's joining? Yeah, is it, is it friends or who's coming and yeah, running so with you? I've got uh, one of my friends who's running with me. He's he's doing fifty five of the hundred and ten days. Oh right, so wow. with his work patterns, he, he. I know that sounds like every other day, but some days he's doing three on the trot, and then he'll have a couple of days off for work himself, and then he'll come back. So we've got to organise because I can only have one runner who's actually coming with me and when. Yes. That's what I don't want to do, and there's photographs, you know, and, and there's drone footage and everything to support what we're doing. These yeah. it's all above board, and yeah. COVID uh, restrictions aren't being broken or bent or anything at all. Yeah. I don't want anybody to, to get the wrong end of the stick and, and smear, you know, what is a fantastic challenge and, and done perfectly legally. Yeah. We're not breaking, we're running local, we're not going out of areas, or, you know, and, we're, and, and I've got one runner. There is other people who are running. Yeah. But not with me, so they'll do a different route or whatever and still count it as their marathon. And yeah. Try and support me from that way. So yeah. that's how we're doing it. And what so when this takes you through to May, doesn't it? So some of the some of the restrictions will change. Do you, do you, do you see anything changing then as you go in through this? The only thing yeah, the only thing that will change will we'll be able to run in groups of six. And what that does is it just changes the dynamics of when you run and who you're running with and what the crack is. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a bit more of a party atmosphere than, than yeah. anything else. 
Um, we will be quite careful with you, you. You tend to find that it's the same people who want to run with you all the time. Yeah. Some people come on bikes too, you know. So because they can't run, they'll come on the bike, and that, that still gives you support because it's still cycling behind you know maybe a little bit in front of you, and you can still have that conversation yeah. while maintaining distance. And, um, and and it does it does bring it, it, the last time when we done the hundred. There was lots and lots of people wanted to come. I remember on Easter Sunday, which was the last weekend before I went to London to finish the marathon, finish it off on the hundred. Yeah. Um, there was 130 people outside the house. They all, when I came out, it was like a scene from DIY SOS. They all had my manifest <laughs> on. They're all there was people with prams. There was people walking dogs. There was a tandem. And when we went down the cycle path, and I was leading, and it, it was way back up the top of the cycle path. We were running. The, because you want people on one side and bikes on the other or whatever. And it there's photographs and it was just absolutely fantastic. And it was Easter Sunday, the wife had to uh, be all day long. People come back to the house and having a piece of cake and a cup of coffee and a cup of tea. And it was just a fantastic atmosphere. So that, we've lost a little bit of that due to COVID. But I know that things will change halfway through when you can't get up to six people coming. Yes. Yeah, I I was um, how do you manage mentally when you're out there? Are you because it's a it's a lot that you're doing day after day after day. Is it? it is this anything specific you learned when you did your hundred and a hundred or your jog or is it? Is no, it, I think it's just when you make a commitment. I've always said that you know strength isn't, and it might be for some people, but for, not for me. It isn't lifting your own body weight. You know, in a gym, to me, strength is basically delivering on your promise. And you know, if I'm well, that some days there's going to be obstacles put in your way, but it it sort of shows what type of person you are by how you get through those problems. And if you go around them or over them or through them, it, it doesn't really matter. But you've got to navigate yourself to get around them. So there is, you do have difficult days. I remember. Funnily enough, it was on day, it was similar to yesterday, day 30, well, it was day 31 when I'd done the 100. Yeah. My wife had came home from work, night shift. I'd, I'd looked at the clock and it was it was about three o'clock in the morning and I knew she shouldn't be home because she hadn't finished, you know, and I could feel her presence in the bedroom. She wasn't talking and I said, what's wrong? And I could hear her sort of sniffle in and I said, what's wrong? And she said, one of our closest friends passed away, he was 41. And I said, I don't believe you, not, and I wouldn't accept it. So that was the worst day that I had in the 100. It was I ran on. It was the only time I ran on my own. I couldn't face being with anybody, and I could have just stopped. But yeah. I knew that I'd made a commitment to people who were facing cancer, so I knew I couldn't stop. But it, it sort of, the day consumed me. I stopped a lot, I cried a lot. I knew I had to get through it. I wasn't bothered about times. I ran yeah. up the MDL Valley. Um, and I came home, and I was on my own, and... and my wife had gone right through school with our friend and he was, I'd played rugby with him and, you know, it was a very, very, very difficult time and I had to make the decision, you know, what do I do here? Do I carry on? Can I carry on? Yeah. But I knew that I'd made a decision and I knew that I couldn't stop. So I sort of, I, I pushed his passing to the back of my mind, obviously saying his family. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, really difficult time. Yeah, 31, I still had nearly 70 days to do. Two mm. months. Yeah. So by the time I knew by the time that I'd finished, everybody else had moved on with the grieving process and I was still stuck in a rut because I put it to the back of my mind and I knew it would bite me as soon as we finished. And believe 
where he did. You know, it, it, I, I, I went through a really bad period of, of grieving like you do. Mm-hmm. And I felt very, very much alone because I knew my friends had sort of, in that two months period, had sort of moved on and, and I found it difficult. So there is times that things will happen mm-hmm. and it defines you as a person of how you cope with it, how you deal with it. Yeah. Um, injuries pop up, you get little niggles. But again, imagine saying to somebody I had to stop, somebody who was facing cancer, I had to stop because my leg was so, you know, I couldn't even live with myself. You know, so yeah. it can be a long day, but I can't remember, I'm on day 33 tomorrow, and yeah. I can't remember a day where we haven't had to stop because one of us has been laughing about something. You know, we, we find, we talk about lots of different things. We live in a beautiful part, so there's loads of people out. The beauty is all around you. When we just stop to rub our legs, you hear the bird song, you can hear the lambs in the fields. You know, you just look at each other and you smile. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it, it is, I know it's difficult, and people think it's a long time, 110 days, but if somebody said to you, you had 110 days to live, you wouldn't think it was a long time. You wouldn't be saying, I'll tell you what, I'll have a light in. You know, you would look at life differently. And I think for us, 110 days is now down to, what, 78 left. Yeah. And I say that it's not 78 marathons, but 78 opportunities to raise as much money as we can to help people who have found themselves in an unfortunate position of an illness, you know, that, that we can sort of help them with. So that's that's how we approach each, each day. Somebody's always got it worse than you. 26 miles, nothing on the grand scheme of things. It's... We look at, as human beings, we look at the big number instead of looking at the small number. The small number is four. It's four hours, four hours of just running and laughing and, and enjoying life. We get one life, so we should be enjoying it. You know, and that's exactly what we look at every single day. Yeah. You, your, um, your perspective is is really, really inspiring, Gary. It's amazing. And, and to hear you. You mentioned the word community earlier, but the things you've mentioned, you've got vest sponsors who, who are all lining up, the clapping of the 130 people and people joining in and clapping and smiling when you're going past and people joining you and your wife baking at the end of the other one. And it sounds like you you create this community feeling in what you're doing. It's um, very, very inspiring, it is, it is, very inspiring. It is, it is, it is, it is. Powerful thing, you know, when you, when you know that you can inspire somebody to do something, it is a powerful thing and it's a, a gift. And it isn't a gift that I'm prepared not to use. If I can do something that gets something, somebody out the house, off the sofa, to go and run, feed a mile or two mile or whatever, then I'm going to use that gift. And that's what my dad would have said it was, it was a gift. And remember, when I told you about my son who ran for 500 one days, yep. every single day, because that is a long time for the child at that age. Yes. And every single day, I said a word to him. That was a Latin word, and he gave me the meaning of that word. And that word was resurgent, which translates to, I shall rise again. So I would say to Bo every day, resurgent. And he would look at me right in the eye, and he would say, I shall rise again. <laughs> so on day one, 1st of February, just before I went out the door to start running, he walked up to me and he looked at me and he said, we serve them. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I shall rise again. And he looked at me noddingly, knowingly, and he just sort of shook his head and away I went. <laughs> and that, that is something that lives with me every single day. I shall rise again. I shall rise again for the people who, the money that we raise will benefit from what we're doing. I shall rise for them people. 
Yeah, that's that's special. That's very special. Have you um have you any plans for future challenges, or are you just concentrating on this one at the moment? Because it doesn't sound like you're the sort of person who won't do more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think as a fundraiser, you you tend to you look at life as what I certainly do as windows of opportunity and doing things that you can do while the windows are open. And I know from challenges that I'm doing, um, I'm four years older than when I've done hundred. So your body acts differently. Um, yeah, but fundraising is is essentially just about raising funds, and it doesn't matter if you do it with a raffle or a bingo or a cake sale or running one hundred and ten marathons. It makes the same money, yeah. maybe not the same amount of money. But I've always explained to my kids as fundraisers that fifty pound buys a food blender for somebody with throat cancer, and if you can raise fifty pounds, you've helped somebody. You've helped somebody enormously to be able to get on and live the life a little bit better than they're doing now. So I don't know what the future holds, to be quite honest with you. What I do know is that I've got a fantastic family. Uh, when things get too difficult, as in the challenges that I've always set myself, which have been big, and people think, you know, sometimes out of my reach, I know that I've got a baton to hand on three kids who'll pick it up and, and run with it, and we'll do a family very proud, you know, like, like I've tried to do my dad. I, I know people say to me, dad would be really proud of you. And I know that he would because I know how proud I am of my children yeah. for what they're doing. You know, they do it without batting an eyelid. They've all trained today. They've all done that a bit. And they're just, they're loving what we're doing because they say that they're helping people. They've got their own, uh, or our Alfie's got a page set up. So there's money coming into that. One of the guys who's running with me, Kevin Heatherton, he's got a, he's doing 55 marathons. He's got a page set up. There's money going on to that. And there's money on my page. So between us, um, we've raised over £40,000 at the moment, which will help a lot of people. If you think of that £40,000 divided by the £50 for the third blenders, you're reaching out to a lot of people, aren't you? Yeah, you are. That's it's brilliant. It really is brilliant. What What is your page before we before we wrap up? Tell us where people can go to sponsor you if they'd like to and where, they, on, where they can follow your journey as well, what your social media is. Yeah, so it's on Virgin Money. It's um, Virgin yeah. Money, Virgin giving virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Gary McKay one. We'll share that link so as well. Gary McKay until the Virgin Money thing it'll come up. Yeah. Um people can follow me on Twitter. It's Marathonman one one zero on ten. And uh, and I'm on Facebook if anybody wants to get it just send me a, a friend request and watch the blogs and what have you. Um this week the local brewery, Enidale Brewery releasing um, Marathon Man IPA. So all the proceeds of the, the beer, Marathon Man beer, will go onto my page. They've done that four years ago and it was a massive, massive seller. So they're bringing it back as Marathon Man 110 um, and it's out this Friday. It's been, it's been bottled now and it's ready for sale. So How cool. That is brilliant. <laughs> I, I, Gary, I, I do like an IPA. I will put an order in. <laughs> I will. You haven't got me picture on the front. <laughs> I, I will. I, I'll definitely. I'll buy an IPA. I've I've loved chatting to you. Thanks ever so much for coming on. It's um, it it's really. I've said it already, but what an inspiring um story and to hear about your family. And I wish you the best of luck with the remaining marathons. I look forward to following along on social. 
and I'll drop you a message yeah, to let you know what I think of this of this IPA. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. If you, if you want to get in touch towards the end or afterwards and see what we've raised or whatever, if, if there's enough interest, then I don't mind speaking about what, how it's all gone again. Brilliant. It's been nice talking to people and, you know, letting people understand it isn't just about the marathon, it's about everything that goes with it. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks ever so much, Gary. No bother, Joe.